0: I've been working on a rather complex problem lately, which is a composable that audits data on Bluetooth devices. And it's one of those things where, you know, you think it'd be simple where you just download the data off of it and you send that to the back end and we use that for auditing, but it turns out this has grown quite a bit in complexity. It's not too bad, but basically we have to do some stuff where uh, we randomly pick data to audit and it's kind of random but also kind of not because we have an idea of the data that might be missing that we want to double check you know exists on the back end and the user might be offline and so they will go up to this bluetooth device and they'll be using that bluetooth device and behind the scenes we'll be auditing the data so it's <laughs> it gets you know kind of complicated and i've been stuffing all of this into one composable and my brain's been getting, you know, in knots, you know, sometimes where you're dealing a really with a really large problem. Oh, my dog's just sneezing. I find it really hard to podcast when there's noise in the background and my dog's having a bit of a sneeze fest here. So <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know that situation where you kind of get a spaghetti mind, where especially when you've got large files that are 1,000 lines of code long, 2,000, 3,000, etc. God forbid, 5,000 lines long. But then again, I've seen a lot of that in the wild. Um, and you get, this, you get this situation where you're scrolling up and you're scrolling down and you forget what you scrolled to originally. And maybe that works well in the morning when your brain is like super, I don't know, jacked with coffee or just super clear because you've flushed all your adenosine out when you went to sleep the night before or whatever reason that is. But then as the day goes on, you just can't focus on the code anymore. You can't follow all of these trails. That's what I started getting with this composable. And it reminded me um, of this really important lesson. And it's it's a lesson for me. I think I think a lot of people might disagree, but I'm pretty hardcore with trying to pull my code apart, trying to really pick it apart. And this was one of those situations where I caught myself just scrolling up and down the file, forgetting what I was doing and going, oh my gosh, this is this is untenable. It's gonna take me so much longer to solve this problem than if I just abstract it out. But the interesting thing about this kind of, and I wouldn't say abstraction really, it's the the interesting thing about this problem is everything is still ending up in the same composable. And even though I'm picking it apart, I'm not picking it apart so that I can use those pieces of code in other places. So I guess what I wanna point out in this podcast is that sometimes you pick code apart purely so that you can have the cognitive overhead to work on the thing that you're working on. So like, for example, one of the things we have is a composable for pumping fluid. So its job is everything around pumping fluid. And within it, there's like five other composables, but they, those composables could have been in the one composable. So you could have just had one massive composable. There's no reason that would have worked, literally no reason. And the reason that we plucked those composables apart wasn't so that they can be transported to other parts in the application. So you don't, that's not the only reason to pluck code apart so that it can be, so that you can keep things dry or so that it can be moved around the application. Um, I call those multi-context composables. So composables that can be used in multiple different parts in your application. But, and this is really important, I think one of the most underrated kind of composable is a single context composable. So in this case, I've got an auditor and its job is to audit the data, but there's different ways and nuances in how it can audit the data. It can essentially try and group that data into chunks and order it that way, order it that way. Or another thing it can do is randomly choose um, a piece of data to try and audit. And another thing it can do is recursively try and rent, you know choose a piece of data to audit. So there's different things that this composable can do. And the, a lot of them are actually kind of complicated. And it's still going to all end up in one composable, right? I'm calling it Use Device Auditor. There's actually a little bit more to the name, but I don't want to give away any trade secrets by saying that. So basically, it's just a composable for auditing data. But even though... I'm plucking some of these pieces of code out. Those pieces of code that I'm pulling out are only for the purpose of um, this use device auditor. So in other words, they're only going to be used in this one context. Or if you think of it in terms of a file system, you might have a folder called use device auditor. And then I've got another one called use random auditor and then use sequential auditor. And then you've got Use Device Auditor, and it pulls in the other composables that essentially build it up. And the point I'm trying to make here is that you can pull code apart purely for the purpose of reducing cognitive overhead. You don't have to pull code apart thinking, oh, great, now I need to build a, a whole new API because I'm abstracting this of code, part of code. No. In fact, what I did was I took some of the random aspects of this auditor, and then I just passed down all the variables as the fu- first parameter. So I've got this first parameter, which is options. And it just takes in um, you know, a, a function for fetching the records from the device a function for creating the data on the back end. It takes in the device itself. So I just send all these options through. It doesn't matter how ugly that API is because we're only using it in this one context. So that, that allows you to essentially just take all of these pieces from the used device auditor and just sit them in another file so that you can go into that file and go, okay, I'm now dealing with the random auditor logic And then when you're ready to deal with the sequential order logic, you go into the file for dealing with that. But then everything else that relates to both of those concepts gets passed down to those composables as parameters. Hopefully that makes sense. I guess this is kind of a more advanced concept um, in this podcast, and it probably works better as a tutorial than in a podcast. But like, I, I just wanted to at least get this concept out there into the ethos, into the ethos, into the ether, into the ether, so that people can start thinking about this. Composables aren't just for abstracting logic. We don't just have to build composables so that we can use them in multiple contexts throughout our application. Absolutely, that's a great idea. You know what, I'll give you another example of this. A classic example of this is fetching data from the backend. So I've got composables for fetching data from the backend. Those composables are multi-context composables. They're used all over my application. They're used in many different contexts because dealing with fetching data from a backend is really common. However, often what I'll do is, let's just say we've got a index posts page, a page that's job is indexing posts. I'll then use the use index resources composable. So if, imagine this line of code, const post indexer is equal to use index resources composable. But that can then start growing really quickly. So you've got use index resources for getting the post, but then you've got to get that post out of the store. So you might have a posts computed property, which is you know designed to get the, the data out of the store. Um, And then all of a sudden this can grow and grow and grow. There might be filters on that as well. There might be ordering on that as well. And all of a sudden this use index resources composable has actually got a massive ton of parameters being passed to it. And it actually ends up being like 30 lines long or maybe even more like 40 or 50 lines long because it's doing all this filtering. And then you might want to have a const filter is equal to, you know, you might have a filter ref as well so that you can reference those filters um, in the template. And so this you know starts scaling out of proportion and all you wanted to do was index your posts. But the reality is indexing those posts can actually end up being a pretty, um, pretty fair chunk of, um, of code even though you've abstracted it so that you've got this use index resources composable which does a lot of the heavy lifting. You might still need to do things like where the year is from here and to there. You know, with with your filtering, or you might want to say where the name of the post is equal to this, or so where it's got this tag, right? And so, what I often do in that situation situation is the create the index posts uh, dot view file has its own folder. So imagine this: we we will have a index posts folder, and inside of index posts, we've got index post dot view and then any supporting composables can sit within that folder so for example that what i just said then with that you know indexing the posts uh, composable i will then create a new file inside of the index posts folder called use index posts and this is a single context composable it's not a multiple context composable single context only designed to be used with that view component, with the index posts um, dot view, so then this use posts indexer has all of the logic for indexing the posts, for filtering the posts, for actual you know for actually getting that post from the back end. Um, all of that data sits within the index posts composable, and then index posts dot view pulls that composable in. It's a single context composable because that composable would not be used anywhere else in the application. It's purely designed to be used in that context. It's purely designed to pull some of that logic out of the dot .view file so that it doesn't get overwhelming in the future. And look, I'm realizing more and more this doesn't belong in a podcast. It belongs in a tutorial video. But that's one of the points of this podcast to kind of think my thoughts through so that I can later on to do, do tutorial videos on this stuff. So. There we go. It can be a really good idea to abstract your logic into different files um, purely for the purpose of reducing cognitive overhead, purely for the purpose of just um, making your code, putting your code into smaller and smaller files. So, Hope you enjoyed this one. I know it was a bit more advanced and I hope that um, some of the more advanced listeners got some ideas out of this. And look, if none of this is making sense to you, maybe you're new to coding, this is still helpful because it gets you thinking about these concepts. You might, um, I remember when I was starting out with developing, I would listen to these advanced um, programming podcasts and I wouldn't understand a lot of what was going on, but I'd pick up bits and pieces here and there. And then later on in my career, those gaps Uh, started getting filled. But from the very beginning, I was getting used to thinking broad. And I think it's really important to have a combination of learning the intricacies of code, but also spending time thinking broad, thinking about the larger architecture of your application. So yeah, hope you enjoyed this one. And I'll see you in in a later podcast. And remember, there truly is, and I really believe this, there truly is nothing you can't build.